I want to see him get his 61 um, to get to 1,000 because he may be the last player ever to kick 1,000 in the AFL just because of the way the sport has changed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 80 of A Yank on the Footy. Yeah, number 80 already. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. In this episode, I had the distinct pleasure to sit down and talk with fellow American Donnie Hess, the Des Moines Roosters head coach and a host of not one but two podcasts, including Donnie's Disposals. Now, before I dive into this episode, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to encourage each of you to consider signing up for my mailing list. That way you get each episode sent to you as soon as it comes out. There's a link for that in the show notes, okay? I'd also truly appreciate it if you consider, uh, after you've listened to the episode, sharing it with your friends and family. Put it out on your social media. Tell them how much you enjoyed it. That'd be a huge help to me. It helps uh, get the podcast in front of more people and might even pick up a few listeners. Also, ladies and gentlemen, before I dive into this episode any further, I did want to mention that during the course of the discussion that you're about to hear, I uh, several times described the Swan season as the 2019 season rather than the 2020 season. Of course, I meant the 2020 season. Also, one last thing before we dive in, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to check out the podcast's uh, Buy Me a Coffee page. It's a, something if you want to take part, it's a huge help to the podcast. Uh, anything there goes right back into the podcast, and uh, I'd truly appreciate it if you'd, if you'd consider that. And if you don't, that's okay, too. Just looking to defray some of the costs there. And also check out the uh, storefront page. There's a link to that also in the show notes at Redbubble. Got uh, some cool-looking T-shirts. And I have some ideas for some designs for some other T-shirts as well. It's not something that I can design on my own. But I have some that are a little little bit more on the edgy side in terms of uh, some designs that I was thinking about there. So hopefully you'll check them out. Uh, Sit back, relax, uh, enjoy this discussion with Donnie Hess. I I think you're going to like it. We had lots of fun. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to another one of our uh, 2021 uh, season preview shows. And I am thrilled to be joined by another American who is a big footy fan. And we're going to dig into that a little bit uh, as well as we get going here. But I'd like to welcome the head coach of the Des Moines Roosters and uh, arguably the one of the busiest people in podcasting with a couple of podcasts of his own, uh, Donnie's disposals, as well as the coach Hess's sports corner, Donnie Hess. Thanks for coming on, sir. Glad we could finally link up here and, uh, quit playing uh, Twitter tag, if you will. Thank you, Craig. It's awesome to catch up to you too. Yeah, I know we we kind of played back and forth there. You'd send me a message. I sent you a message. It was fun, but I'm, I'm happy to hop on. Yeah, this is, I I'm, I was looking forward to this one. I've been, I've been wanting to do it and I, and I, I mentioned some other folks. I I reached out to some folks on LinkedIn about six or eight weeks ago, and the response I had there has been overwhelming. And I've been kind of treading water, trying to figure out how to keep my head afloat with uh, with all of the the positive feedback I've had from there. But before we get into talking about the Swans, how did you get into footy, and what led you to actually getting involved? with a club in Iowa. And, you know, let's be honest, if you look at the, the USAFL map, 
there aren't a whole lot of clubs right next door yeah that's that's kind of it's kind of become kind of a folklore story and i love telling it is um when i was younger when i was eight or ten years old um we had a channel on the cable package that my that my family had called fox sports world and i actually was able to view footy when i was younger um i know a lot of people go i saw it on espn or i saw it here i saw it on fox sports world got to watch games when i was younger um my dad is a constant sports nuts. He loves watching sports of all kind, rugby, cricket, Aussie rules, soccer. I mean, we were watching soccer before it started finally kind of becoming big here in the States. Um, when I got into high school, the, unfortunately, the channel ceased to exist anymore, which really kind of stunk because I was really getting into to sport even more as I got into high school. But I got into athletics and different stuff like that. Well, when I got into college, I was working at a part-time for a hardware store in the eastern part of Des Moines and um, the Australian who helped start the roosters happened to come into my job um, looking for some parts for the job he was working on uh, or his full-time job and I noticed the accent started talking with him rugby and about halfway through the conversation he goes well we've got an Australian rules football team here in town how'd you like to join and me knowing footy and, and wanting to kind of get back in shape since I had played I wasn't playing any sport in college decided nah what the heck let's hop on so I hopped on and you just you fall in love with it you 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 go to training, you're, you're exhausted, you're tired, you're, you're worn out, but it, you just fall in love with the sport. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And then I just, I dove into it. I, I went full bore. I headfirst dove into the pool and I've always been a coach. I, I've coached basketball, baseball, football, a little bit of everything. So okay. after, after the years went by a little bit, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a bigger guy. I, I I'm not a small guy. So the, the sport really didn't congeal to really wasn't, um, perfect for my body type i'm almost more of a rugby body type but i saw the game better than a lot of the guys that i knew so two years ago in 2019 our main coach wanted, wanted to play he didn't want to coach at all he just wanted to play so he reached out to me and he was like hey donnie i told the board i think you would be a good candidate to coach the roosters i said sure and the board uh, had a quick interview with me. They hired me and I came on in 2019. Unfortunately, last year with COVID, I was unable to coach, but I am still the head coach of the team right now and, and thoroughly enjoying it, hoping, hoping that everything works out, that we have a season this year to all be able to get the guys and girls back on the field this year. Have you had some of the, and that answered actually one of the questions I was going to ask. I wasn't sure if you had both a, a men, does, do you play you know, a mixed club or is it, uh, do you have two you know, men's and a women's club? Well, we have, it's granted kind of intermixed right now. Cause right now we only have six girls on the, uh, with the group currently. Okay. Uh, so our trainings are mixed. Um, I plan on as long as the board doesn't mind keeping trainings intermixed. Cause I think it's great for the girls to be able to train with the men. Um, I think our girls really um, benefited from it. Um, and I think the men took a lot of, of uh, pride in helping the girls learn the game even better. And I think, I think it helped us as a, as a group kind of come together. And that Nationals in 2019, both, uh, both our women, the three women joined with D.C., finished second in Division II, okay. finished second in Division IV in 2019. So Fantastic. Uh, so, the, so we played really well at Nationals. So. Now that was, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Austin win that? Austin won Division One. Division okay. Four was oh, won okay. by Ohio, okay. the Ohio Valley River Rats, which is okay. kind of Cincinnati area. 
Yeah, they're um, they're kind of an amalgamation of St. Louis, Indianapolis, Louisville, kind of all the, the Ohio Valley clubs because many of them haven't really had the numbers. So they all come together for nationals and become the Ohio Valley River Rats, which is okay. quite an interesting name. <laughs> well, it's uh it's it's a unique one. You know, you've got a lot of clubs that that, that borrow the names and you know, similar logo to the the clubs that are playing in Australia, but then you have some unique ones like the Roosters the uh, uh the the bush rangers in in birmingham who i'm still hoping to be able to hook up with and bring them on to talk talk about their new club so you were watching footy from eight years old you said and you you lost the opportunity to watch it when the the, the fox sports world disappeared what led you to becoming a sydney supporter oh um a combination of YouTube highlights and the 2012 uh, grand final. Um, it, I, had, I had gotten back in, in 2009 playing footy and um, my coach said, watch, watch highlights on YouTube, kind of see if there's a player that you like. And I ran into two highlights, the Nick Davis kicking four goals in the, in the elimination final, sadly against your beloved cats. Unfortunately, I, I do apologize for that. No, it's, but... a, it's before I was following the game. So I'm going to let you slide on this one. <laughs> no, that, was in, that was in 2005. It was an incredible game. It was an incredible game. One, one of the craziest uh, fan atmospheres I've ever seen. And then the highlight of the 2005 grand final where they beat West coast, where Leo Berry takes a pack mark late in the game and ends out helping um, solidify the win for the Swans in 2005, which actually ended a 72-year drought, which is at the at the present point still the longest drought between flags for any AFL club. Um, and then those two highlights I really thought were really really cool. And then 2012 was the first grand final that I had that I had that I really kind of invested myself in 2009 mm -hmm. 2010 I watched a little but wasn't like fully invested in the game 2012 I just I fell in love with the swan style they were a gritty tough hard-nosed footy team they laid over 100 tackles in that game they weren't the glitz they weren't the glitziest team in the world but they just worked so hard and you fall in love with superstars like goodsy I, I got to see i got to see some of the young guys now like luke parker who plays there um just i i fell in love with the team luke roberts thompson i just and then the canadian kid the nate canadian kid uh oh crud i can't remember his name right now but i just i fell in love with the team so in 2016 i took the plunge became an international member and to be honest i have i have never looked back since well, plus you got you got to see you know Buddy Franklin too, but he was wearing a different Guernsey. <laughs> uh, that was that, that is continually the weird one when I do watch that game back is seeing Buddy seeing Buddy in the Hawthorne jumper that is so weird. Right, right. I I think you were uh, were you thinking of Mike Pike from yep, the Swans? Mike Pike. Yep. Okay. I just I just looked up his name here uh, real quickly. I just I just typed in Canadian Swans player, and uh, that, that popped up. I had no I had no clue about that one either. It is, and, and one of the nice things is, is that when you try to introduce the game to new people and you throw on that, what, you know, what is AFL YouTube video, there's the 2012 grand final for him to watch. There's a lot of highlights from that, from that contest right there for you. Very much it's, so, uh, very it's, much so. And it, yeah, it's kind of the same thing that I get to do with my, my students at school, you know, cause I'll have, I'll have games on whenever there's downtime, you know, in the morning or at the end of the day, that sort of thing, I'll, I'll throw, you know, a game that I've been watching or something up on the, 
the television and, and just plug in the uh, the connector to the computer. And it's interesting watching some of the kids, you know, some of them get really into it. I've had some kids that have gone on and watched games at home on television. Uh, the principal at my school has become an Essendon supporter. So one of the stickers that I bought today was another Essendon sticker for him. So he can put that on his, on his computer. I picked up a couple of them for him now, but uh, looking at, you know, 2019 was, was a bit of a rough year for the Swans, but at least on the ladder, it was, you know, I, I would argue that they, that that club played extraordinarily hard, but they were, uh, there's, you know, the, the term that you might've heard, you know, the, the one-legged man in a butt kicking contest mm -hmm. is, you know, is, is, is kind of how it was because they were so hamstrung with injuries last year. And uh, it's, uh, it was almost like the, uh, you know, the, the sign you see at the amusement park, you're going to go on the roller coaster where it says, you know, you must be this tall to ride this ride. Well, the, their sign said, you may be no taller than this and play for the Swans in 2019 because they, they really struggled finding anybody that had any kind of size at all. And, 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 it's, and that's actually one of the questions, I'll just give you a hit, that's one of the questions that uh, we're going to kind of get into uh, a little bit later on, some trivia questions there. So let's, uh, let's, let's get the, the, the glass half empty part, part of things out of the way here. Uh, looking into 2021, and I think I said 2019 before, I meant to say 2020. Uh, looking at 2021, how are you going to know if it is a, oh crap, this isn't working or an unsuccessful year? What's, what's going to be the indicators to you if, if uh, it's not happening? this year oh it's so difficult because I, I i consider myself an eternal optimist especially with the swans because i know going into this season they're still a very young list with a lot with a lot of under under 50 game players and with a lot of expectations coming up on three young draft picks that are coming into the team but i honestly if you if you go off me anything in the bottom four if they're in the bottom four towards the end of the year, you could almost say is a little bit of a letdown because I think if, if this team is to progress the way it's supposed to, if you're supposed to see the progression under horse Longmire and, and to see kind of things, how going, I would have to say, you gotta not be in the bottom four to be completely okay. honest with you. Like I, I don't want to set massive expectations. Like they should be, if there's anything under 12th, it's, it's bad because I, I hate setting expectations like that. Cause you just never know. I mean, last year we were snake bitten with injuries, buddy goes down before the season goes over Isaac Keeney four five or five or six rounds into the season, tears his ankle ankle ligaments. He's done for the season. Sam Reed is on and off most of the year. We lose Sam Naismith to an ACL tear. I mean, I could just go on and on about everybody that seemed to drop and it just, it threw our kids into the, from, from the from the pan to the fire like right that. right and, and many of them actually were successful like I, I was actually quite happy with how they played it was just we couldn't get over the hump because we didn't have the structure up forward because we right. had so many youngsters playing right. well that's and that's and to me there was there were a lot of comparisons I think and they, they didn't have necessarily the injuries but they had the young squad I think there were a lot of comparisons that could be made between the Swans and the Crows last year, both very young, not necessarily successful on the ladder, but if you actually went back and watched their games, those kids played their butts off week after week after week. 
because they won one i think you know that they didn't know any better that oh maybe we're not going to be all that successful but two they also and maybe they did realize you know what we're playing for a spot on this list next year as well because you know we may be one of these youngsters that they're looking forward to but they might find a better youngster that comes along so i i was impressed i was impressed by both of both of those clubs just in terms of the way that they 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 would grind during each game and 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 i don't think they went in thinking oh we don't have a chance at winning here but they but they played hard week in and week out and they played a lot of close games yeah i completely agree like i i was in my reviews i was telling ross all the time i I said this adelaide team is gonna nip somebody late because they can't playing better footy better footy and then with the swans they just very rarely did they get blown out they were always in the game i mean everybody talks about the game between them and richmond where where richmond was complaining there was 10 million people there was ten thousand people in the defensive line well when you're playing a team that is vastly better than you talent wise you have to do what you have to do to keep the game competitive and, and 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 Coach Longmire and Coach Longmire has been known for his defensive style, and then he uses the halfback kind of kick out for, to move up the field. Mm-hmm. So, so it was very easy for them to sit back, soak up pressure, kick it out. Now, the only issue that they had was is that once they got it outside the fifty, there was nobody there because almost all twenty-two players were in the defensive fifty. So, right, right. So, as, as much as it was frustrating for Richmond fans because Richmond wins that game late and, and Hardwick goes on and whines and complains the entire time. I'm just like, I was, I was proud of the way the Swans stayed in that game. They didn't give up another one. The last game of the season, everybody could said a young team, they could have been checked out, been ready to end the season. And they pushed Geelong really 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 far in that last game and i i think in some situations i think that surprised the cats a little bit well now. i mean and i was i was going to mention and i'm glad you brought that game up because a couple like a couple weeks earlier adelaide did the exact same thing to geelong mm-hmm. you know that you had uh I, I think part of it had to be the you know the fact that maybe the those quick turnarounds were finally catching up to their older legs and you know they 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 ground out and snuck by both of those teams but it was just a I think those were really good wake up calls for Geelong and, you know, helped to prepare them for when they got to finals, but it was just, you know, but yeah, you, they had nothing to hang their head about either one of those clubs. I don't think I, I, I was thrilled to see, but you know, the way both of them performed, and, and that's, and that's why I, I being somebody who came to the game so late in life, you know, I've mm-hmm. only been watching, I've only been following it for, for five years. You know, I don't have that built into my DNA, you know, despising of another club you know I, i'm i'm told i'm not supposed to like hawthorne I, I i understand the concept yes i do have a uh i do have a sticker on the back of my car that uh that says and let me find i have another copy of it here for when i trade in my car uh there it is it says i support two teams geelong and whoever's playing hawthorne mm-hmm. okay i have that on my car but uh i it's there more for show okay i don't uh, i don't dislike hawthorne i i I, I like the cats and I like footy. I don't dislike Hawthorne. Okay. Now I really dislike the Baltimore Ravens, but this isn't a, this isn't an NFL podcast. So I, we're not I, going to I, go there. 
I'm the same way that it's it's kind of the running joke between Ross and I since Ross took over as a as a as a um, GWS Giants fan. I said I said I said by all due accounts in Sydney, we should thoroughly despise each other because you're the little you're the little brother that took a lot of the sting out of of Sydney, and I'm I'm the older brother that should be dominating. And she, it, it, so it's just it's almost kind of funny that the, the the jokes we go back and forth, but we 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 can work together really well. So I I understand I understand the almost tribalist nature that. Some Sometimes the 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 Aussie fans do, and I respect it because it shows passion. But there well, are times that I just go, it's a little heavy. <laughs> well, but you know what? And and I think you know with us looking at the game from the outside, mm-hmm. the fact that the clubs of the VFL, I mean, literally, and and I I, I think if you go back and you look at the history of, of the VFL, you know. If, if the streets are numbered by numbers, let's say, you know, first street might've been the cutoff point for being a Collingwood supporter, but then the next street over, you were Hawthorne supporters. And, you know, the cross street, three blocks up, that's where the Richmond support. I mean, they were right on top of one another. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, it's not like gangs and gang territory, but it's, it's, it is footy colors and kind of, I think footy territory. You know, so the, the so the, the fandom is right on top of each other there. So they have the opportunity to be in one another's face and remind their opponent that, yeah, remember what happened to you last time we played you, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a whole lot of that here in, you know, in American sports because, you know, the, the clubs are, the teams are so spread out, but I think that might be where some of this real angst comes from. Yeah. And I heard this quote, I watched this movie, um, and I, it was an awesome documentary called um, Aussie Rules the World. And it's it follows um, Brett Kirk going across the world, meeting footy teams throughout the country. And in one of the interviews, they talked to a guy and they said, when you ask Australians about themselves, one of the first things you're going to hear is they're going to say who they support. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't go, well, I'm a Sagittarius or I, I was I was born here. I'm from Perth. No, I'm I'm a Collingwood supporter or I'm a Sydney supporter, so on and so forth. So it's, it's almost baked into their DNA a little bit, which is absolutely awesome. Like, I, I think it's absolutely amazing when I meet fans from all different clubs and everything like that and they're just they're so passionate about it it's so awesome yeah i have i have an interview that i'm doing next week with uh, a gentleman who um you may know him he's with the uh the 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 usfl club out of minneapolis Mm, the freeze Mm -hmm. yeah and you know his his father played for the demons for many many years and then was in the front office with the hawks when they won their premierships and he and I think he said he's the oldest sibling in the family. So he grew up being a, a fan of the, the club that dad played for, but the younger siblings became supporters of a club that dad worked for after he played. Mm-hmm. So there's there, so there's that that built-in there that animosity between, you know, that's I'm I'm looking forward to talking about that with him uh here in the next couple of days when we sit down. So I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. Can't wait so, to hear that one. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to what a successful year looked like. You know, you said if you if you're if you're above the bottom four you know you didn't really want to put a nail down a specific spot on the ladder um you know, if you see you know basically a continuation of the not necessarily the style of play but the effort of play mm-hmm. from last year if that carries over to 2021 is that do you think that bodes well is that is that a real positive stroke for you do you think 
I think if we if we get some of the talent back, if we get some of the talent back and, and it's on the field making an impact, I think the work ethic that we had last year with a few more of our stars not being healthy, I think it will lead to a few more victories. I'm, whether it's going to get us into the finals or not, I hate saying that because you just never know. It, it's right, so right. hard to say that because, and if and I look at it with with my preview shows coming up, I look at it. I look at teams like Geelong has just stacked up this off season. They're going for the flag for sure. Port Adelaide got better. Western got better. How's Collingwood going to be? How's Melbourne going to be? How's Richmond going to be after some of its drama, but another flag on the board. Yeah. How's West yep. coast. How's Frio. There's, Oh man, there's, there's just so many question marks that it's going to be very difficult. I, I would say a successful season is if, if we're pushing towards the bottom, towards the eight, if we're in the, if we're in the nine, 10, 11 spots, even I would consider it a successful season because we're not in the bottom four. We've progressed better and we've put a few teams that were ahead of us last year behind us. So. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. And I, you know, I was looking at the, uh, at your fixture and you have, you have, you know, what could, you know, on paper, it looks like it's a, a, you know, you're, you're double the games that they're, they're doubled up with, you know, the clubs mm-hmm. are playing twice, you know, on paper, it looks like it's a bit of a mixed bag, but, and it could, it could either be, ex, you know, an extremely fortunate grouping, or it could be one that sneaks up on you and you go, Oh, wow. This isn't working out very well here. Cause you got, of course you got GWS twice and you've got gold coast twice, Essendon twice, Fremantle, as well as St. Kilda. And you know, St. Kilda very likely is going to be, you know, pushing to be in the eight again. Fremantle may be doing that this year. Uh, yeah, they were knocking on the door last year. And I, I think they've got to be able to figure out how to score some more points. Great defensive club. They've got to figure out how to put the ball between the sticks a little bit more, I think. And then they might be there. Yeah. You know, Essendon, they could, they could be, you know, I, I talked to uh, Harper that's an Essendon supporter the other day. And, you know, he's, he was pretty confident that, you know, that they're, that he thinks they're better than at least a half dozen other clubs. So, and maybe they are, you know, then, then Gold Coast, maybe this is your Gold Coast finally starts to put some things together and, and becomes kind of a, a junior version of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got a lot of talent there. It's just, you know, are they going to be able to put it together? Are they going to, you know, is everybody going to be going to stay healthy? I think it can be a fun club to watch. Does Matty Rell have the season? Does Matty Rell have the season that everybody expected him to have until he had his shoulder issue in Geelong last year? I mean, does does Lacocious get better? Does Isaac Rankin continue his incredible Mm -hmm. form out front? I mean, Gold Coast is is an enigma that I'm thoroughly looking forward to watching this season. It could be absolutely dynamic or could be an absolute dumpster fire, depending on who who you're talking to. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, at the end of this evening, at the, that's the evening, at the end of the season, or you know, if if Sydney's playing finals, um, put yourself in the uh, in the, uh, the the newsroom sports page there at the, at the Sydney News Herald, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the headline for the Swans this year? Oh, if they make the finals. Um... Or even if they don't make the finals, you know, uh, I think it would depend on where they, like I said, if they, if they finish just outside the eight, um, I would, I would go progression, progression on the horizon. Um, if they make the eight, um, 
oh geez so difficult to just break it down to one thing i would i would almost more of more of going off of um the turnarounds complete or 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 is a rebuild necessary i mean would, would i would i almost go there just because there's there's still talks that the rebuild is still on mm-hmm. so i guess you depend on who you're talking to so okay and that's that's fair enough you know yeah of course then you you could also i think have then uh you know depending on how this year ends up you know, it could be uh it could be thanks buddy or mm-hmm. you know yeah you know, it could be something as as simple as that i think possibly but you know it's and I and I don't know. And if I'm not mistaken, he's he still is kind of laid up right now, is he not? He's uh, he's at training. He's progressing. Okay. He's not full training. There's, okay. There there's talk that he's expressed interest in wanting to play round one. There's many people in the Swans upper half and even the coaching staff that are like um, probably not round one because of the issues that he's had with all of the injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm. As, as 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 much as I would love to see the big man on the field in round one, I'm looking, I have my sights set more on two rounds, two, three, or four, to okay. be completely honest with you, just because with so many injuries the last few years and the fact that he is getting older, his body is breaking down, he is a big guy with a lot of muscle, and, and also with the fact that you have the reduced um, rotations, I think they need to get him cherry right before they let him let him go wild on the field just just to be safe. Yeah, and that and and I th- I think the thing with the rotations, you know, it, it maybe it's not going to be a big deal, but it it may it might vary well for for some players that are those that uh, you know that have to come off the ground frequently. You know, you think about what you know West Coast did with with Nick Nat Nui last year, where he you know he spent a considerable amount of time off the ground they managed him quite a bit mm-hmm. they may not have that luxury to do that next or this season because of this this new rule yeah the new 75 rotations is going is definitely going to to test some of these managed players a lot uh to see how people how some coaches respond is will they be much more avid to drop a player going into a round just because they don't want to have to manage his, have to manage rotations with a player that maybe right. can only go 40% game time. So. Yeah. You may, you may find yourself where you're just, yeah, you, as you said, you're just managing somebody for the entire round, mm-hmm. you know, you know, go, uh, you know, we, we, here we go. We got you, you know, a new, a new, a new sleeve of Titleist and you got a, you know, you got a four o'clock tea time. Okay, go go enjoy a round of golf while we go play some footy. <laughs> oh, for only that easy. <laughs> so, um, who are you most excited to see this year with the Swans? And maybe it's somebody that's new to the club, or maybe it's somebody that uh, that is coming back with the club that's that's already oh. been there that you haven't seen for a while. I'll, I'll give I'll give you a couple um, older players returning Isaac Heaney. How does the surgery to his ankle come back? Because he was absolutely in fuego going in, going into that ankle injury. Right. I think he really would have pushed Tommy Papley for, for the goal kicking um, lead with the Swans last year. If he wouldn't have gotten injured when he did. I'm very interested to see Tommy McCartan this year going, going back because he had been playing in the forward. He, and then he had that great round against Charlie Dixon against port where he played really, really well in defense. 
And with them moving out of Lear Lear, it looks like Tom McCartan is now permanently going to be moving to the back. Um, Joel Armite, a, a young um, ruckman who kind of came in late in the year, is really super athletic. I think he, he reminds me a lot of Nick Natanui. He just doesn't have the size. Um, is he going to get some more game time? Um, Mr. Hickey, our new uh, um, ruckman. Um, how, how does he come in mm-hmm. and adjust? I've seen in some of the practice matches and the commentary that I have found, he has adjusted really well. The, the group has really kind of brought him in and he's done really well. When it comes to new players, I've got the three draft picks. I'm very interested in all three. Logan McDonald, number our number four overall draft pick, the big kid out of Western, out of Western Australia. Everything that I'm hearing, he's tracking really well. And the fact that he gets to learn from Buddy is something I think a lot of Swans fans are super excited to see if this young kid from Western Australia could be the answer at full forward after Buddy retires. And then our two academy kids, um, Errol Goulden and Braden Campbell. Campbell's been pushed back to the halfback line, taking over for Callum Mills, who's been moved into the midfield. And Campbell has really succeeded. And Errol Goulden, from what I keep hearing, is an absolute spitfire, and everybody in the club loves him. So I think all three of our draft picks come in this year with a lot of expectations. And it will not shock me if all three draft picks find their way into the list, into the 22 for round one. And that's... That's where you may begin seeing a you know a repeat performance in terms of the energy level that you saw last year. Then, yeah, uh, you know it's uh, and I, I don't know the answer to this, and, I, and I'm sure you know a little bit more about this than I do. How you know how is Buddy Franklin at taking people under his wing? Is, um, is and- you know is he you know go ahead. I'll, no, 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 you're good. Uh, everything that I hear, he's he's been really, really, really good with the younger younger players. He he did not, he had a chance to actually not. He went into the hub last year, though he was not playing. He had been ruled out before they went into the hubs. Right. He still went into the hubs. From everything that I heard, he was going to all the coaches' meetings. He was going to the players' meetings. He's constantly been there. I mean, the guy's got a wealth of knowledge and a ton of skill. And everything that I'm hearing, he is he has really worked with the young forwards on 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 their craft yes he's a full forward but he's pushed up to sometimes the center half back because he likes to run he likes to get the hand his hands on the footy and with his speed when he's not hurt um can sometimes be scary in that half back line when it can, when it can push up right right so Everything that I gather, it sounds like he's been a really, really good mentor. And then when you get you get our new coach, Coach Pike coming in, the former the former Adelaide coach who took over for um, Johnny Blakely, who moved down to North to move down to North Melbourne. Everything that I hear, he's just been an absolute wonder in the coach's room. You've got Charlie, you've got Kirk, you've got McVeigh, you've got Dean Cox, you've got a ton of great talent in the coaching staff. I think these youngsters are getting absolutely some of the best mentoring and coaching that they could possibly get in the AFL when it comes to superstar coaches and then players like um, Josh Kennedy in the midfield. You've got a guy like Jeremy, uh, Jake Lloyd in the in the back and then Buddy Franklin up forward. So I, I'm, I'm bullish on this young young squad. They may not be finals contenders this year mm-hmm. but next year maybe just maybe yeah. keep an eye out on the swans yeah. because i think if they can get those young guys going uh-oh yeah and, and i asked that you know because i because you know I, I i didn't know the answer to it first of all and you know i yeah from from a lot of the things that i've seen with you know superstar athletes here in the united states a lot of them from what i have seen you know it's it's 
it's about me. I, I need to make sure I get my reps. I get to get my, you know, time on ice or on the, out on the court or whatever the case may be. And you're here playing also, you figure it out, that kind of thing. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure if he was that kind of a person. And I'm, I'm sounds like he's not. And that's great. Cause that to me reinforces just some of the things that I've thought about this game to begin with in terms of, you know, I've made this argument in other podcasts and other episodes where I, I, I think that in many cases, American athletes have kind of priced themselves out of engaging with everyday Americans because, you know, we, we don't, we're, we're not in the same orbit. Okay. You're, you're not going to run into LeBron James at the grocery store. Cause crap, I, I forgot to pick up a gallon of milk tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, I, I'm not sure a four, would it be a four liter container of milk in uh, Australia? I'm it's close. What is it? The gallon is what? 3.78 liters. So maybe they do a four liter jug of milk there. I don't know. Or, or to a two liter jug of milk. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be, you know, too snarky with that there. I, I genu- genuinely mean curious. I, I'm curious. So let me know. How do you, how do you buy your milk at the grocery store in Australia? So <laughs> I can't believe I, I did. I'm, I'm going to have to do some editing myself. on the milk there. No, I, <laughs> no problem. I've, I've actually, I've, I've, I've heard that a lot and I actually heard that episode and I completely agree with you, but it's, I think with Buddy also a little bit too, is that when he moved up to Sydney, it's not the fishbowl that Melbourne is. And I know when he was in Melbourne, he had some, is- he had some issues with being a wild child a little bit. Um, so you just never know, but yeah, everything that I've heard, he's, he's been really, really good with really kind of mentoring the young, the young forwards. At Sydney. That's fantastic. That is, that's great. So, you know, have you, have you been to Australia to go to a game before? I have not. I have, I, have, okay. I have had many, many, uh, several Sydney Swans fans have all offered. I mean, I've I've had free tickets offered. Uh-huh. In fact, I actually I had one uh, Sydney Swans fan who instant messaged me and he goes he goes, mate, this year one of the Swans games, I'm gonna zoom with you while I'm at the SCG, so you can at least be there. So I thought that was really cool. That, that's I, terrific. I'm, yeah. It's my bucket list thing. I will. Yeah. I, I am going to do it no matter what it'll do. I want to see a game with the SCG. Worst case scenario, I'd like to see a game in the SC, SCG and then get down to Melbourne and see a game in the MCG. Whether it's Sydney or not, I don't care. I've got enough contacts down there that I think I'd have a really good time. Um, the question will be is how long can I get down there and, and for how long can I stay? Right, right. Yeah, that's... I. I have several times over the last couple of years, and I'm sure you've done the same thing, sat down with the fixture and looked at, uh, you know, kayak.com and figured out, okay, you know, if I, if I took a flight here, you know, and granted, you know, there's not a lot of international flights, you know, that are, that are originating out of Des Moines. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's a couple out of Cleveland, but uh, there's not a whole lot out of Des Moines. I wouldn't imagine you got, you got to get somewhere first to make that first connection. But uh, yeah, the, what last, is that? the is last that... time, the last time I checked it, it, it we've got several options um, either Des Moines to Dallas, Des Moines to Denver or Des Moines to Phoenix, I think are the three yeah. that I think are probably the options. Mm-hmm. Um, my worry is, is that it probably would be Des Moines to Denver, Denver to LA, LA to Sydney, which right, right. would be a fun day in and of itself because you've got 
all three times on three time zones in the process well but, plus, uh, plus a I, lot of time zones you're going to be passing as well exactly yeah. but I, I the biggest thing that i would see is if we could get to dallas because i know i think there's a fl- i think when i went to florida in 2019 there were straight flights from des moines to dallas so i just don't know if dallas to sydney has a, a route yet or not i know covid right now is not exactly easy to look it up but um it'd be interesting to see if there are any direct flights dallas to uh, Dallas to Sydney. I know at one time there was talks that Sydney was trying to get flights from Chicago, which would be really awesome because Des Moines to Chicago is a really easy flight. Uh, but eh, until until I can cross that bridge, I don't know if I can go there yet or not. <laughs> uh, Qantas Flight 8 from Dallas to Sydney with a scheduled duration of 17 hours and five minutes is one of the longest regularly scheduled nonstop commercial flights by scheduled duration. Awesome. So Qantas flight number eight. So, so we could uh, get a, so we could get a flight out of Dallas if I get there. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've I've done the same thing multiple times. And I and I actually mentioned in the discussion I had with somebody last night, I said, I think I've you know encountered enough people that they might might invite me to come sleep on their couch. Maybe. I don't know. You know, and I I I would not say, I would not initiate that and say, hey, I can I I wouldn't do that. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping to get there sometime. My son wants to go. Uh, he wants to go with me. Um, but, you know, we'll see. You know, he's he's b- very busy with his life. You know, my daughter's in college. So it's just I, I got to get her through school, get her finished up before I even begin to remotely think about think about that sort of thing. You yeah, know, I, can, I'm, I can understand it, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried right now about uh, finding the resources to, you know, to pay for the the reaper download that i i'm trying out right now and to get my my you know standalone web page for the podcast up and running i'm looking at finding the finances for that right now mm-hmm. not not 10 grand to go to australia for a couple of weeks yeah <laughs> so, but but doesn't mean it doesn't mean a boy can't dream <laughs> you can you can you can look you can look you just can't purchase <clears throat> That that statement only applies in certain situations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, who do you think is going to take the uh, the club's best and fairest this year? Uh, the Bobby Skilted Medal. Oh, this is so difficult because it all just kind of depends on how it goes. Um, Josh Kennedy, Lukey Parker, James, Jake Lloyd are usually usually three of the guys that are always high. How does Isaac Heaney come back from his injury? That, that's another big one. I'd love to see how Braden can some of the youngsters, Braden Campbell, Errol Golden, how they go. Um, unfortunately, you, like I said, with Lance probably not playing every game, I highly doubt him there. Right. Um, right. Maybe even a, a dark horse, a James Rowbottom, a young, a young midfielder who, who's really come alive since he came in as a, as a first bred rookie his first year and has progressed each and every year that he's played i'm hoping to see some more progression there how does georgie hewitt come back from his shoulder injury i mean it, it, like i said it all just kind of depends on how the season goes i, I mean if you twisted my arm said one guy it's hard to fight jake lloyd just because he's a disposal machine out of the halfback line he's always tough he's won two of the last three so uh, right now i'll go jake Lloyd, but but my dark horse is is a guy like a Isaac Heaney or the, or, or a Luke Parker. By the way, I just want you to know, you just answered one of the trivia questions. You just answered it. One of the questions was who led the club in the total number of disposals last year. 
boom, you got that one already. So <laughs> yeah, that one, that one, that one's hard. That one's hard not to know. Just if you yeah. watch the games, Jake Lloyd is just a disposal machine. So do you see Buddy getting back enough and being healthy enough to be the being the leading goal kicker for the club? Oh, that one's going to be interesting again, because Papley led last year with 26, but there was a massive drop off to 10. It was and I think that was Tommy Carton or I can't remember who was number two. See, on the last list. year. Oh, yeah, it was Will, Will Hayward had 10. Will Hayward. Yep. Yeah. And he, he went McCartan out with nine. He, yeah, he went out with injury also as well. But I would I, my my first my first thing would say Isaac Heaney, Tommy Papley, Will Hayward just because I just don't know how many games Lance is going to play. I, I'm my worry is he comes back around two or three. I think he's managed by game six just okay. because they did him through the whole entire season. Uh, my biggest thing for Lance is, is I want him to get to a thousand and he's mm-hmm. 61 away, something okay. to that effect. And he's still got two years on his contract this year and next year. Um, now let me, in fact, I don't go ahead. Isn't if I'm not mistaken, isn't his and I could be wrong on this. It may have maybe it's already happened, but isn't his next game his 300th game too? That was the last game of 2019. He played his 300. Oh, he did play his 300. Okay, yep, yep. okay. I knew his, I knew he, it was right around there. I just didn't know if it had happened there or not. Yeah, he he got back for the last game. If it weren't for the 300 moniker, I don't think he would have played. But because okay. it was the 300 moniker, that the club was like, okay, we'll let you play, which ended out being kind of a crazy game because two of our kind of uh premiership stars of jared mcveigh oh my god now i forgot his name right off the top of my head but we had four we had four guys who had all won in the 2005 uh grand final all retire in one year and buddy's 300th game was the last game of 2019 right so so it was kind of it was kind of a really historical kind of game because we had four we had four retiring superstars two who were playing two who weren't and then buddy's 300th which was kind of nice we ended up beating st Kilda late um so so that was kind of nice but no his his 300th game actually was the last game of 2019 but I want to see him get a 61 um, to get to a thousand because he may be the last player ever to kick a thousand in the AFL, just because of the way the sport has changed. That, well, that's true, but Lord knows they're, they're trying to uh, trying to get some people to a thousand with this whole standing on the mark thing. Uh. <laughs> oh boy. Open a can of worms with that one. If you, if you get a shot, listen to my fourth and long rant on that one. Okay. I, I, I I've heard some of the discussions. I've heard some of the reasons why they want to do it. I understand it, but I'm going to tell you this as a coach, the coaches will figure out how to ca- how to counteract this. There won't right, be anybody right. on the mark. They'll right. be standing five steps back. So then they can move. So then they're not on the mark to so the referee. Can't tell them to stand. And, and, and the coaches will figure something out like they always do. It's the one thing I find fascinating. It's like, we're changing the rules for scoring. Well, the coaches will figure out how to counteract it. They'll figure well, it out. I had a great discussion with somebody not that long ago that, and, and we argued that, you know, that major league baseball, the NFL do the, the same kind of thing that, that the AFL, maybe they, they change rules for the sake of changing rules to stay relevant during the off season. Got to have something to talk about. 
I, Ross and I talked about that exact in our, in our, in our latest episode that we did, we had that exact discussion is he's making the change just for change sake. And yeah. I'm, I'm one of those, maybe it's the coach in me, maybe it's the old, maybe it's the old school style, but I'm really tired of games being changed just so that we can get the attention span of people that have the attention span of a gnat. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the defensive style. In, in my opinion, in, in my opinion, the NFL has changed to seven on seven with five fat guys occasionally doing something. That's that's my that's, honest opinion. That's not I, a that's not a bad analogy. I, I thoroughly detest. I thoroughly detested. It. It's become seven on seven football with the occasional running play. It it, it is not football. It, it it is it is not the same. I I thoroughly do not like watching the NFL product. I'm I'm sorry for anybody that does listen to watch does listen or love the NFL product. I do not like it. I do not like the NBA because. Um, let's make everybody be able to score 50 points a game and score 176 to 155. That's not basketball. That's five guys playing pick them up. That's not basketball. <laughs> I'm so what do I you really ex- think? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying not to soapbox here. No, I'm that's sorry. okay. That's okay. Trust me, that is absolutely okay. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, it's one of the things that I've liked about footy, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that if nothing else, some of the players that have a really good sense of humor and you know, you got, you got the camera, you can see me, correct? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that what ends up happening is some of the players just get out there and, you know, stay in the mark. They just start making all sorts <laughs> of different, different stances just to, to look silly and just to t- kind of mock this whole thing. Yeah, or if, to yeah, spread if, out or to spread out from our or, or to spread yeah. out because if they say stand okay put your arms out as wide as you can put one foot out because until he says play on you can't move right at least get yourself wider i mean right i like i said i understand the reason he gave do yeah. i think that this is the perfect answer no and i just think it's only going to make the referee's job which i mean if you ask any australian the referees never do it perfect and they're never going to because that's the way the rules are written the uh-huh. rules are written with a little bit of gray area and and that unfortunately can cause a lot of issues and as i've said on the podcast with ross the holding the ball problem i was just going to say that <laughs> all started because alistair clarkson said something and the afl goes oh my god alistair clark said something we got to fix it we got to fix it we got to fix it and it screwed it up even more than it already was yeah until they clarify what holding the ball is you know they should probably maybe not look at adding too many other things into the rule book so who do you see uh who do you see taking the wooden spoon this year Oh, that one's you're, you're, you're gonna throw there's there's 18 clubs. I'm sorry, there's 17 clubs out there because you're not gonna you're not gonna choose the swans here. I know that. So who are you throwing under the bus? Oh, I hate this. I hate this one because if you if you had told me three or four weeks ago, um I probably would have said either Adelaide or North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for me. Um, the loss of Ben Brown from Melbourne scares me for that team because they don't have a lot of backups when it comes to forward um, ability. I'm, I hate this. I, I, I want to say Melbourne just because I think that that's a, that's a death blow before the season even starts. Yeah. But 
I don't know. Melbourne is just such a weird team. When you have Max gone, you you automatically have almost a built-in advantage sometimes when you play games. So you just never know. Um, I'm gonna say North. I'm gonna say North. Okay. Just because of the fact that they had all the upheaval during the offseason. Yes, they bring in Jaden Stevenson and R2. I'm not even gonna make an attempt at the last name. But there's just so much change at that club right now that I just don't know if they've got enough to really be super competitive for the entire season. I'm going to say North, but it will not shock me if Melbourne find its way down there just because the fact they don't have any goal scoring outside of, oh yeah, I can't think of very many people that it's on that team that I can consistently say are goal scorers. Yeah, that's that's. Okay. I, and I think I, I, that's kind of been a consensus so far with the people that I've been talking to. So I, uh, and I, I do have a, a discussion with a, a North supporter coming up here fairly soon. So um, I'm really curious as to what their response is going to be. So who do you see in the top four? Oh, this one's going to be difficult because so many of the top eight teams got better. There's only one top eight team that didn't, and that was Collingwood. Collingwood went the other way, in my personal opinion. Um, Port for Port one, Richmond two, Western Bulldogs three, Geelong four. I like St. Kilda. I think St. Kilda could be the, the dark horse of that for that for maybe a four spot, depending on how Trelore comes in with the doggies. I just I look at Jamar Hagen and Adam Trelore and I go the Western Bulldogs had probably one of the best off seasons you could ever have. You bring in the potential, the comparison to Buddy with Jamar Hagen, the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah. And you pick up maybe the best free agent in the entire free agent in the entire trade season with Adam Trelore, and he's coming with a chip on his shoulder, and he's coming into a midfield that's already really darn good with a right, young right. Ruckman that's only getting better, and you add Trelore to that. Wow. Um that, that that's a, a scary team but it all just depends on how they gel i mean richmond is always good the biggest question i have with them is how does their off-season issues with coach hardwick does it affect the playing group for sure port adelaide is really really solid i think they only got better i think port honestly i could potentially see in the grand final very easily because you add your big body defenseman that they didn't have in mm-hmm. Elier Elier from Sydney. Right. I hated losing him, but it was one of those, he's going to a place that's really going to appreciate him. And with the rock issues that we had him having to be in the throne in the rock and he wasn't real super happy about it. Um, I understand. So we moved him on and he's in a place where I think he's going to be very, very successful. I think you're probably right there. Yeah. I think you're probably right. So before we wrap up, I have nine trivia questions since you've already answered one of them. Oh boy. Okay. That I want to throw at you here and we'll see, we'll see how you do. You know, I've, I just did some digging online here. They're, they're, they're not designed to embarrass anybody or anything like that. I've had some people that have Mm -hmm. been extraordinarily successful with some of their questions. Okay. Okay. So are you are you feeling don't confident? Hate, don't hate me, Swan, Swans fans. If you listen to this, don't hate me if I miss a few well, of these because I, I even I even researched a little bit before I hopped on. So this should be fun. Okay, who who is the tallest player currently on the Swans list? Two hundred and six centimeters. 
either Hickey or Sinclair. Uh, no. Oh, is it Armitay? Nope. No. Sam, Sam Naismith. Yeah, Naismith, but he's yep. he, the ACL injury. I don't really count him in because he may not. He'll miss at least the first half of the season with his ACL tear. So, but he's he's still on the roster. But yeah. Okay, we're going to give you partial credit for that one then. Okay, uh, <laughs> sorry since, about since, that. Since you weren't factoring him on on the list, I just was going by the uh, the actual list the that they list. had up on the website. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that makes sense. I I just I didn't register him because I knew he's out probably at least the first three months of the season with his ACL tear that he had last year. So yeah. that's why I was as I was like, oh, kind of Sinclair or Hickey, Sinclair or Hickey. It's one of those two. <laughs> so. so what was the first year that the Swans played as the Sydney Swans? Uh, 1982, if I remember. That's correctly. right. That's yep. right. Yep. Because they were the Swans Football Club for like uh, like half a year after they first moved up, and then they became the Sydney Swans. Because if I remember correctly, there was a deal where they would play both in South and in Sydney, and okay. that, yeah, it just wasn't going to work. If I remember okay. correctly on that one. All right, you, you already got the third question that I had listed here correct. So, what is the name of the club mascot? Oh, it's it's Swanee something. It's Bob Swanee Skilton, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. Sid, Sid Swanee Skilton, but yes. Yep. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Because I knew it was half after Bobby Skilton, the the who's our best and fairest. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the next one here. What was the first season? in which the Swans went over 50,000 members for the first time? Just hit, because we just hit 60 in 2019, if I remember correctly. Oh. And I, I only have numbers through 2018, so it's before that. Okay, all righty. Um, let's go 2004. 15 close 2016 yep you were off yeah to a little knew, over almost 49,000 in 2015 but yes yeah, i knew i knew it was close i knew it was yep. close because they hit 60 in 2019 which was which was a new personal record and then last year we won't talk about just because of covid so yeah well that's that's a lot yes exactly uh who kicked who's kicked them or let's put it this way who kicked no longer playing the most goals in swan's history this is in, inclusive of their time in Melbourne, in South Melbourne. South Melbourne. It's inclusive of that. That's kind of a hint, which kind of means that they didn't play in Sydney. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my first, my first thought is my first thought is Adam Goods, but what the heck we'll, we'll go we'll go with maybe the op maybe we'll, get, maybe we'll go with the obvious one uh tony plugger locket no he is uh one two three four fifth on the list yeah yes uh this this gentleman's a little bit before both of our time uh gentleman by the name of bob pratt who was born in 1912 pratt yeah yes one, uh -huh. of, one of the early he, one of the earlier days yeah, six, 681 goals Yep, he kicked 681 goals. Uh, Adam Goods, uh, 464. Tony Lockett, 462. Yep. Who played the most games in the Swans red and white? 
Avi Skilton? Mm, he's a little further down the list as well. Oh, darn. You actually, you actually mentioned him. Uh, 372 games, Adam Goods. Adam Goodsy. Yeah, yep. I mean, I, Goodsy, because yep. he's set the record. Because it for the longest time, he had the record for most most games played by an Indigenous player as well until uh, Burgoyne broke it a couple of years ago. Now, as we, we discussed earlier, and it, it's well documented, the club had a significant number of injuries to their talls last year. Mm-hmm. Who led the club in hitouts last year? Callum Sinclair. That's correct. Yep. That is correct. Yep. He did. And uh, yeah, I did a little bit of math on this. This was, this. he had 293 and he only played 13 games. Uh-huh. Yep. Combined last year, the club had 402 hitouts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the previous year, 572. Now, again, I know there were five fewer games, but still that's a, that's a pretty significant drop off there. Yeah, because when yeah. you when you lose, Sam Naismith tears his ACL, and mm-hmm. then Callum Sinclair with five games left hurts his shoulder, pops his shoulder out of place twice. Yeah. So then it was it was Joel Armate came in for a couple of games, and most of the time they were throwing uh, Hayden McLean, and then threw in um, Alir Alir by the end of it. So. Yep. So I've got two other questions here for you. Okay. Shoot. This one you might get. This one, this, okay. this one you might get. Uh, who is the oldest player? Now, this is since 2000. Who is the oldest player mm-hmm. to play for the Swan since 2000? Jared McVeigh. That, I'm going to have to look. That's not who I had written down here. Um, Who'd you have? I just seeing. I had since since two thousand. I had um, Tony Lockett, and this is why it's a bit of a trick question here. Plugger, okay, yeah, because he he played played with the club ninety five to ninety nine, and then he came back and played three games in two thousand and two. Yeah, so a little, little bit of a trick question there. So I cannot fault that's, you on that one. That that's, was that's a toughie. That's that a was, tough. That's a good one. That's a good question <laughs> though. But no, Jer- Jared McVeigh was the re- retired. He retired in two thousand nineteen. I um, I can't remember how. Old yeah, he was thirty. He was thirty, like thirty four and a half. Yeah. Yep. And actually, you know what? Uh, Adam Goods would have been just a little older than him. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think Goodsy retired thirty five or thirty six. It was something close. Yeah. To that. Now here's the last question here, and this goes back. This goes back to the 2012 Grand Final. Okay. Okay. After the meatloaf debacle the year before. Oh, okay. Who played at halftime of the 2012 Grand Final between the Swans and the Hawks? Oh, I always fast forward this. I can't remember off the top <laughs> of my head. I know it's an Australian band. I hate halftime. Yeah, that's I, I'm I'm thoroughly not a halftime show person. I'm give them twenty minutes, let them adjust and move on. Oh, the killers! This is no. I consider myself to be a bit of a uh, a music buff, uh-huh. and this is a group I have never heard of. Somebody called the Temper Trap. Yeah, I have never heard of them before in my life. Yeah, I, I no. have the 2012 Grand Final, and I always fast forward. I always yeah. fast forward through it just so that I can hear Bruce McAvaney and Matt, Matt and, and um, Ling uh, cover the halftime stuff before the second half starts. Yeah, so it's one of my favorite Grand Finals to watch. So, so, so you know what, you did pretty, you did, you did really well on. The, I mean, you did very well on the questions that were 
the contemporary ones. I kind of threw you, you know, a little bit of a curveball with the, the Tony Lockett question and, and the music yeah. question. Those were, and you, you knew who Bob Pratt was. I mean, I, I, I think you did outstanding. I'm, I'm giving you a B plus on the, on the trivia here today. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take I, it. I'm going to give you a B plus here today. So. Yeah. Cause I know if, if you listen to, um, if you listen to the 2012 grand final, what was it? Um, Goodsey, LRT, Lewis, Roberts, Thompson, and there's one other one where only there's only been four players in the entire history of the Sydney Swans that actually have two. And I can't remember the other one, one, one in 1909 and 1918, I think. And I know Bruce McAvaney talks about it in like the post post game coverage. I'll have to look it up and I can I can DM you who it is, but it's absolutely outstanding I, I cracked up when i read it it's like yep 1990 and 1918 were the two grand finals that they won so it was kind of a crazy little stat i thought i got a <laughs> kick out of that cool I'll, t- I'll tell you what man i've had a lot of fun with this tonight this has been this has been a great deal of fun and uh i don't know if they're going to play finals this year but i i, I think that if you're a swan supporter I think you you can go into every game knowing that they're gonna they're gonna play their tails off every game, and I completely and, agree. And I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think that you can fault them at that if they're still growing into their roles. You know, I'm I'm you know being a cat supporter. I'm sitting here realizing that uh, you know they've thrown all the chips on the table. Yeah, they've uh, they, they the the deed to the house is up there right now. Uh, the title to the car is up there. The kids' college fund is up there. All trying to win a grand final this year, or maybe next year. I don't know. I guess maybe this year, but we we shall see what happens. But uh, yeah, the Swans I think have a really bright future, and you know it's this might be one one more year of kind of not necessarily growing pain, but just growing. And uh, I think. I think 2022, you're going to see a lot of shifting on the, on the ladder. I think you're going to see a lot of clubs in the eight that aren't there right now. So, you know, ladies, uh, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I've got, I've got tons of, tons of expectation, tons of, of optimism for this club. I, I know this year could be a fun one, but um, to, I, I have to say, this has been awesome to hop on with you i've been listening to the podcast i absolutely love what you're doing please continue keeping it up it is it is an amazing podcast to listen to your interviews are absolutely awesome uh, thank you. so i want to thank you um and i know sometime maybe sometime here soon we can get you on my podcast and we can have a little fun the other I, way i'd, I'd love i'd love that but i'm just gonna let you know right now i will bomb the trivia I'm, I, I will be i will be <laughs> terrible at it okay i'm just gonna let you know right now i'm, I'm gonna be absolutely terrible at it I'm not I'm not a big trivia person, but, no. but we'll definitely do we'll definitely dive into it. But this has been a blast. Thank you so much, cool. Greg. You bet. And ladies and gentlemen, my my guest for the last the last hour here has been the the head coach of the Des Moines Roosters and the host of Donnie's Disposals and Coach Hess's Sports Corner, which you can find on pretty much every podcast uh, hosting site. Yep. They're all out there. Yep, we go through the Donnie's disposals. We'll go through the fourth and long, which are also on YouTube as well. Okay. And then the uh, Coach Hess's Sports Corner is currently just currently only on podcast, but eventually we're working to get that on YouTube as well. 
Yeah, I put mine up on YouTube. I don't know how to do anything fancy that, uh, with YouTube. All I do is just have like a static image and the audio. That's it. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm, maybe I'll get to do, figuring out how to do that. But let's be honest, you know, I'm, I'm talking about a game in which I'm rather much shaped like the ball. It's probably better that I just go ahead and just keep the still image up there because I don't want to turn anybody else off and say, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to watch this guy. <laughs> okay. It's the old joke. You got a face for radio, right? Exactly. We're going to need a bigger monitor. <laughs> I think I owe Roy Scheider a nickel for that one. It's not exactly a bigger boat quote there, but uh, thanks Donnie for coming on, man. I truly appreciate it. Have a great Friday evening. Have a great weekend and uh, enjoy the footy this weekend. Cannot wait. Got some women's footy. I know that the Swans and Giants play their pre-match here in about two hours. So I'm looking forward to that just before we get our first game of the AFL. A big thanks to Donnie Hess for coming on this show a couple of days ago. It was a lot of fun talking with him, talking footy with him. And uh, if you haven't checked out his podcast, he does a fantastic job. He is actually both of his podcasts. He's done a, a terrific amount of work with that, bringing in some fantastic guests from around the world. I know uh, not that long ago he talked to, I believe he was talking to different footy clubs from around the world as well and from around the country. And it, it's it's great to see more and more people getting the message out about this terrific game here in the United States. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to uh, sign up for the mailing list and you get each episode delivered to you first, there's a link in the show notes again. I'd love to add you to the list. You know, Check out the storefront. Check out the... Uh, Buy me a coffee page as well. Also, if you've got an idea for an episode or a topic or maybe you think you'd be a great guest, and you probably would, reach out. Shoot me a DM. Okay, I'd love to hear from you. you know, send me an email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or on Twitter at yank underscore on. Yeah, I'd lo- like I said, I'd love to hear from you. Remember that you can find all the episodes for this podcast at yankonthefooty.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast provider as well. And every episode is also available on my YouTube channel. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels. Now, I'm sort of not telling you the truth with that at this moment in time because at the moment, with all of these uh, episodes that I'm releasing regarding the season previews for all the clubs, I have not put those on the YouTube channel yet. But once I get all of them published and get them out onto uh, the Podbean app and get it out to you to listen to in this format, I do plan on getting them up in mass on the uh, YouTube channel. I can do that fairly quickly. That works out pretty quickly that way. All right. Also, ladies and gentlemen, now that you've listened, I'd love it if you'd consider giving me a review on Apple Podcasts. It lets me know what I'm doing well, what I need to work on, lets them know that you like the show, and it might uh, give me a little bit of a boost in their algorithm as well. And don't forget, like I said before, you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com or at Twitter at yank underscore on, or as well as on Facebook and Instagram, at a yank on the footy. Alrighty. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do ask that you consider, again, sharing the podcast with your friends and family. I'd truly appreciate it. That would be fantastic. These last couple of days, uh, I think I've had a lot of listeners come in that maybe haven't tuned into the podcast before. I think some of some folks are sharing the podcast with, uh, with their friends, and, and it, it's been fantastic seeing... Well, I can't see specifically who. It's not like, hey, this person on the corner of 3rd and Main Street have listened to the podcast. I can't tell that, but I can see parts of the world where people are tuning in. And that's been fantastic to see some of those uh, those areas pop up. Also, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to thank you for listening, okay? 
And, you know, we're fans of our clubs. We're about a week away from the start of the season. I'm excited. I know you're excited. And we love our clubs. And we love this game, this game of footy. I thank you so very much for listening. And ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 80 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing a podcast link with your friends and family on your social media. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye. <laughs>